Hi, Leah here. Before the episode gets started, I would like to encourage you to read the description of this particular episode so that you are well aware what Hedwig and the Angry Inch is about and you can make an informed decision whether or not you want to continue to listen to the episode. I also wanted to give you a fair warning that there will be some distracting noises at some point. I will give you timestamps of things. So again, check the description. Thank you, and let's get on to the episode. Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. And we are closing off June Pride Month with Hedwig and the Andre Witch. Hello. <laughs> We're you started Hedwig strong. That's so strong. Yes, so great, you know. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Do you have any history? with this movie so i mean it's not really a history we watched this i think last year or the year before i think we meant to cover it before we didn't end up getting around to it and then before that i think not the movie but i had seen a performance by neil patrick harris of mm-hmm. one of the songs because mm-hmm. I think he was he was playing Hedwig at the time so he performed for the Tonys I think that's about it how about you? sure um, the the uh, performance you're talking about is I looked it up it's the 2014 Tony Awards he sang Sugar Daddy because I, I remember I remember that as well so I looked it up because I was like what was it because I feel like that is a memory I have for some reason um, so that is one of the things. And the other thing um, <laughs> is that Riverdale did a musical episode. <laughs> a musical they episode. Hedwig they did Hedwig. Riverdale? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. Okay. So as it stands, they've done Carrie, Heathers, Hedwig, and then Psycho. American Psycho, that is. And then I don't know what they're going to do next. I don't know if they've done anything else. Uh, <laughs> I only know about Hedwig because when I saw, I saw the announcement somewhere, t- Twitter, I will have to guess. I was like, really? Um, the same reaction you had, <laughs> basically. Um, and then I didn't watch it, obviously, because I haven't watched Riverdale in a very long time. However... Just now, before recording, like before we hopped on the call, I was like, you know what? Let me see what they did. And mm-hmm. I watched like three songs. I watched Wig in a Box, which was, it was okay. I think the actor that plays Kevin carried, but like that seems to be the case <laughs> with at least the two other ones that I'd seen, like the two other musical episodes that I'd seen. Um, and then I saw Sugar Daddy, and I was just like, this is so Riverdale. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is exactly what I expected. I don't know. Like, this 
like I yeah I couldn't have imagined a more Riverdale scene and then I saw Midnight Radio which is where um the meme of like here's to Betty and Darcy and Bronny and Jughead and Shoni and Reggie and me that's where that comes from because I've seen it a lot somewhere over the internet and like I didn't realize that that's where it came from but for some reason I got like this inkling because like I wasn't going to watch this particular performance but um I got this inkling in my body like I feel like I feel like that scene is from this episode. Let me just check. And it was. So <laughs> in case y'all wanted to know, it's it's <laughs> it's from the Hedrick episode. Um, but yeah, that is really all my history with uh, Hedwig. I didn't really know about it until you taught, told me about it. And um, yeah, all literally, you are the first person, I think, to had ever, to like ever mention it in my presence ever so yeah mm. and reggie <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah we could get started okay so this film i think was uh, the music is by stephen trask and i only bring it up because we've seen him before on mm. other things that we've covered um, I think he also scored Camp and Dreamgirls. Oh. Oh. So that's why I was like, oh, this name. I recognize you. But that's that's about it. But perhaps <laughs> he will have scored other things that we will cover later. But yes, yeah, so this film came out in 2001, which it came out fairly soon after the actual play was made, because I think the yeah, the musical came out in 1998, uh, mm-hmm. so came out in 2001, and it follows the titular Hedwig. Uh, when the movie opens, we are actually at a stage show. Uh, it's a it's a small one. It appears to be in some kind of uh, dive bar, restauranty type mm-hmm. place. There's some older people there that just seem to be trying to enjoy their meal, but there are some fans of the band as well that seem to have like uh, these little head pieces that matches Hedwig's hair. Hedwig has very Farrah Fawcett looking like curled back rocker style hair. That's the style of their wig. Hedwig is how do I describe Hedwig? Like so Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a band. <laughs> let's 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 clarify that to to begin with. Just so you know. Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a band. They're the band that's yeah. performing. They're performing the song um Tear Me Down. Something, something, tear me down. Yeah. <laughs> and in the, in during the song Tear Me Down and during other songs throughout the movie, Hedwig is also telling the story of their past and, and all of the events that led up to that moment. Let me tell you, I don't know how I missed this or was, I don't know. Like the first time I watched this, 
I didn't quite realize that the two timelines we were watching were both linear. So mm. like I recognized that we were moving in two separate timelines kind of based on the fact mm -hmm. that like each time Hedwig would perform there would be like a little monologue and then basically a flashback to the moment that kind of either inspired the song or the song kind of references or whatever but like it didn't quite occur to me that these moments were happening like in a linear timeline i thought these were just mm -hmm. moments period like like we were just like going back and forth between various moments so like oh. <laughs> so like by the time we got to meeting one of the characters that's like kind of the driving force of like the current timeline i was very confused i was like wait a minute i literally paused and i was like hang on <laughs> have we been moving in chronological order this entire time <laughs> because that <laughs> is not something i figured out <laughs> and like it truly i was just like what the fuck is happening at the time i just thought it was truly just moments you know flashbacks at random <laughs> but yes we are getting in this moment tear me down a little bit of the story of like the beginning yeah also to to mention in the band are a bunch of east german performers one of which is itzak who i itzak's gender is I'm guessing Itzak is a uh, man in, in in the role of the... The only reason I hesitate is because Itzak <laughs> yeah. is... The yeah. reason I hesitate is Itzak is played by a woman yeah. in the way that Hedwig is played by a man. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Itzak is trans in yeah. a sense the, in, in the way that Hedwig is. Yeah. So... It's it's not like made clear in that way like i it took me literally literally until the last like 10 minutes to even like realize <laughs> that that was a woman <laughs> i was just like sure whatever until like the last 10 minutes i was like wait a minute <laughs> so <laughs> you know um, but yes so they're performing in this bar and Hedwig is talking about the fact that she was born in East Berlin, I think it is, when, when the Berlin Wall was still a thing and she grew up behind the wall and the wall came tumbling down eventually and, and now they're here to perform for you. Um, we get a bit more detail about that a bit later. We can see that Itzak and Hedwig seem to have kind of like when they're performing kind of antagonistic a little bit like they, they don't get along that well on stage when we are in Hedwig's room we can see that Itzak seems to be taking care of one of Hedwig's wigs and he attempts to like put it on just for a bit, maybe just a bit of exploration. Um, Hedwig comes in and sees that. And during this time, they also kiss, which 
gives us the first hint that there's a bit more to their relationship than what we saw on stage. Uh, but then their um, kissing is interrupted by an image of someone called Tommy Gnosis, who is on MTV and he's singing a song, Tear Me Down, which is the exact song that Hedwig was singing. Mm-hmm. And Hedwig is stuck focusing on that and Itzhak gets pissed off because he wants her to sing a new song, write something new rather than re-singing yeah. all these old songs. Why don't you um, write another hit song? And then storms off. We find out in the next performance at uh, a Bilgewater restaurant that Hedwig claims to be responsible for all of Tommy Noss's songs and have written all of the songs on his album, which were stolen from her and mm. that she taught him everything that he knows as well. They are actually following along Tommy's tour. Oh, yeah. So wherever he is performing, they're actually performing like very close to or right next to him somehow. The point mm. of this, I'm not sure, but the manager Phyllis uh, seems to be encouraging this situation i think there's a pending lawsuit that's going on we now get more of the backstory of hedwig herself so hedwig um was the origin of love something something yes i was like yeah i skipped over the origin of love which is a very important song for the entire plot so i don't know how i skipped over that (laughs) um it's so, yeah, basically the song about the myth, I guess, of how soulmates yeah. exist and stuff. So it's telling um, one of the stories of the origin of people. It, it's 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 more philosophical than actually like meant to be like a real story. But it explains like how human beings used to be, um, used to have like two faces and four arms and four legs, and they were like one, and then the gods split them apart and then separated them, and they were the children of the earth, um, who were two women, and the children of the sun, who were two men, and then the children of the moon, were like a man and a woman combined, and all of them got split apart, and they tried to put themselves back together but we're all left with like one half of our whole and we have to try and find the other half it's aristophanes speech so it's uh, it's like very profound for what's meant to be like a, a little comedy movie but i guess that's the the nature of all of it so mm. while this song is going on we're finding out about Hedwig's past Hedwig was originally Hansel who was a boy in East Germany like I mentioned his mother and his, his father was like a military person and his mother had him and like they make a joke about it but it's so uncomfortable mm. <laughs> and they're like so many people have touched me on my way here. I'm just like, 
moving mm-hmm. past that. Um, he ends up just living with his mother on uh, on their own together. And when Hansel is growing up, they're listening to American Forces Radio and like gaining all of this rock knowledge and learning about all of these people and deciding that they want to be a rock star as well. Mm-hmm. Hansel's mother, I think she works a lot and she's like struggling to raise a young boy on her own and they together they don't seem to have that much of like a tender affectionate connection that we see portrayed but then again this is from Hedwig's past view so don't know but we go back and forth between these depictions of the past and the present so we can see the next time that we're in the present we're at something called a Menzies Fair where I'm guessing is a collection of like women and music celebrating and no one's there to see Hedwig except for like one goth and so she's like okay and then she continues telling the story about when she was older now as Hansel she was sunning herself and an American officer saw Hansel and initially thought he was a girl and he was like baby you know I'll swap and whatever (laughs) I was like I'm like it's a little gross but we're going with it okay Uh, (laughs) but the officer feeds Hansel uh, gummy bears and gets a little spooked so he runs away but he comes back and like the officer's there and, and I guess they start a relationship like the, or something the basical the, the, the tiny joke that like the name of the character in this at this point yeah. is Hansel and like they leave behind the the gummy bears and like a trail and the way they mm-hmm. find their way back to that spot and essentially the the officer man dude is by following a separate trail of candy that's a cute Mm -hmm. joke (laughs) (laughs) so then we hit back to the present we're at another bilge water again but this song is related to the previous scene we'll get sugar daddy uh which is full of innuendo just chock full of (laughs) all of the all of the innuendos. Come on, sugar um, daddy. Da, 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 da. I, I don't actually remember the tune, <laughs> but it's something like that. <laughs> also, I'm not sure of the like the style of dress that Hedwig chose for that particular scene. Also, she like raises her hand in like a salute. You know, the one just for a second as she's like carted down the aisle and just like who had to put that in there surrounded by like obviously orthodox jews as well so i'm just like cool great awesome i love this so much (laughs) when we go back to the past we see that hansel is telling his mother that the officer whose name 
is Sergeant Luther Robinson, the blackest of names. Um, <laughs> but but uh, the the officer wants to like marry him and take him away, and he plans to like wear a wig to like pretend to be a woman and get out. But uh, and his his mother surprisingly is just like take my passport take a new picture we'll swap the take my name everything will be fine and i'm just like wow okay like literally i was also kind of like oh wow very progressive go off but then like immediately we're thrown into this whole new thing of like well we have to get married here and they're gonna have to like they're gonna do a full body check and i'm like will they I maybe it maybe it was like a ploy where people would like pretend to get married to like sneak out. I, I don't know. Like I guess I guess that would have like literally that would have to be the reason. Like it needs to like there would have to be like a historical contextual reason as to why that would even be a thought to have. Like that like they're gonna I was because genuinely I was he said that and I was like routinely like routinely mm-hmm. when people get married with like uh, like with I guess overseas people we're ch- we're just checking bodies that's okay I mean I guess um but obviously now that leads to like a whole other thing where now someone has to get surgery that they never intended to get which is like a whole thing on like that is that was a lot to take in in like yeah. i don't know what like five minutes yeah which is which is why i had issues with defining hedwig because i don't think if not for that that mm-hmm. hedwig would have become a woman right in that sense and then i right. question like like she accepts her identity, sure, yeah. but at the same time, I think it causes her like a lot of like strife and grief. So it's just like it's a a level of discomfort that I'm not sure how to address. Yeah. Yes. So Hansel undergoes the the operation, but it heals poorly. And so now Hedwig has a, just a, a scar, a mound of flesh between her legs, which I was like, how functional is that? I got a general, yeah, like I don't, I don't know, um, but it's not, it's not for me to <laughs> to like question. But this is now the the angry inch, and. <laughs> She starts to sing about this <laughs> in a bar. <laughs> yeah. And like one of the first lines is my sex change operation got botched. And so, wow, Hedwig. <laughs> I understand that you're angry, but these people are in like a lobster shack. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is the place, you know. And it's like daytime too. Like. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure, right? Like, I mean, a lot of the places that yeah. they're performing, it's like in the middle of the day. But yeah, I mean, it's like. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like some. Yeah, like a fight starts to like because of the content of the lyrics like a fight starts to break out in the restaurant everyone's throwing things people are tackling each other Hedwig's fans have risen to her defense and like the band members are stage diving and like thwacking people with instruments and Hedwig's like sometimes seems to like enter these like kind of fugue states where she's not fully present Mm. in the moment like it recurs throughout and so this happens where she jumps off the stage and suddenly we're back in the past like at this point luther and hedwig have moved to junction city kansas they're in the u.s and suddenly it's a year later and luther's leaving her leaving her for a young man mm-hmm. which I'm guessing there was probably some like dysfunction in their like sexual relationship I don't know we don't really get like too much elaboration Luther just kind of shrugs at Hedwig as yeah. he leaves yeah. um, and we find out it was on their anniversary and also on this day uh, we have footage of the Berlin Wall coming down. So everything that she did, if she had, like, waited a year, yeah. it wouldn't have been necessary. Like, yeah. would have been able to travel. Like, her mom's chilling on a beach in Yugoslavia. Uh, like, it's it's all just a it's lot. Like, yeah, it's, like, a whole world of suck at the moment. Yeah. And so we get the song which is one of the first songs i think not to be performed like in the present on stage which is wig in a box where we have like her introspective of like changing her hair to like change herself for a moment and then like having to come back to herself and her own life not being great but then ultimately deciding that she's never going back to being that person. She's going to be who she is. Like mm. these wigs give her like a form of power, empowerment rather, that she wouldn't have otherwise had. It helps her like build some confidence. Put on my makeup. Da, 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 da. Suddenly I'm I don't remember the names of the people that they mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Um I like it. And mm-hmm. like I said, um I think it's probably I I'm saying this out of the three songs that I listened to. <laughs> it's like the best <laughs> one on the Riverdale. On the Riverdale version. And basically only because of Casey Cott. Somebody cast him in a musical, please, and thank you. Oh, is he good? I like him. I mean, he's like, he's like, even in, like, (laughs) I remember when we watched, like, the Heathers one, he was like, I remember, like, very distinctly being like, 
it seems very weird that he's here because he's like and everyone else is doing their job you know and he's 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 uh caring so after this song um which feels very much like an end of first act song to Mm -hmm. me for some reason um i think also because like at the end we get like because it's like a little bit of a ballad and then at the end i think we have like more of like the what would be the ensemble like chiming in yeah with the put on my makeup da, 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 da. i think yeah yeah and like the audience inclusion like everybody's saying yeah um, <laughs> yeah but when we cut back to the present again we're in a mall tommy Nasus is having a meet and greet and we can hear over the mall speakers the origin of love which is the song that Hedwig was singing earlier in the film, which brings more credence to the, to the fact that she says that she was responsible for the songs that he's singing. Mm-hmm. When Phyllis comes out and is like, oh, is this his new single? Just kind of like scoffing at the whole, like, oh, he's really like doing this now. But with the pending lawsuit, Phyllis doesn't want um, Tommy and... Hedwig to meet anywhere in like close proximity and also Which what they're doing is isn't... a little bit of a go going back because like earlier like you mentioned they're following him and doing like a mini tour of their own a pseudo tour of their own and like in one of the at one of the interactions basically the the one that like informs us that that's what's happening she does say don't stalk him but like if you can find a way to like be seen with in cat like talking to him or whatever with cameras to prove that you guys know each other or something like that um mm-hmm. but now she's like no and i'm pretty sure hadwig is like it was your fucking idea <laughs> or something like that you know not that it would have stopped hedwig from in- trying to interact with him anyway cuz like i feel like that's Network. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they go to the line for the meet and greet, and the lady who's kind of like she has a list, and she's like, like you know, like a bouncer, like you're not on the list, kind of thing. And Hedwig and Phyllis are like, basically, like fuck you, essentially. But they can't get in. The lady calls security and whatever, and they're bounced off, essentially. So then they're in a laundromat. And Itzak sees a sign for Rent, the musical. Doesn't do anything with it initially, but um, Hedwig is just pissed off. She's yelling at the band members for, like, burning a bra. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, Hedwig is, like, irritable. And whoever yeah. it was what had put the bra in the dryer and that like it will ruin the wire or something like that and feels like i will give you one of my bras calm the fuck down like <laughs> essentially but yeah i didn't like it didn't i didn't think that the the rent thing was going to come back but uh when i watched it the second time i realized that he had a rent shirt on like much earlier at the beginning of the movie he had like a rent shirt on so i didn't like i saw rent and i was like oh cool rent and i didn't think it was gonna have any significance at all other than i guess they're in a place where rent is happening oh yeah he's 
He is wearing a rent shirt. It always comes back to rent. Yeah, so the poster is for the U.S. Polynesian um, tour uh, of rent, and they're looking for a few people. <laughs> I love that rather than taking like the tiny slip at the end that just rips down the whole poster. The entire it's just thing. like yeah. mine. <laughs> um... But I also love that, like, the angel description, like, is very specific about the race. I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, I'm yeah, pretty I think sure. It like, for, like, I a re- Latina or something. Yeah. Latino, um... Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't think any, again, that's why, another reason why I didn't think anything of it until, like, it comes back and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe sex just got that um, ambiguous um, ethnic energy sure. about them, you know. Sure. That is successful for so many people. <laughs> um, sure. Well, anyways, this is the part where we get to hear about Tommy Nossus finally. Hedwig is drunk and telling her fans, or like on tires, I think, and telling her fans about. Basically, like, so you want to know about the guy. Let me tell you about the guy, right? And basically, she was babysitting um, one of the officers, um, babies, clearly. And yeah, sure. Okay. Tommy is uh, in in the bath masturbating, I guess. And then with the door open, question mark, I guess. And then, like, Hedwig walks in, and I don't know. It's weird because it's, like, minor, hello, what? Why don't you just close the door and walk away? But no. Hedwig walks in. Puts the baby on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, what a a sequence of events. Um, Helps him complete the action, and then, like, Mm -hmm. throws in a business card. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. The card is for the band that Hedwig has, which is made of Korean army wives um, and herself. Right. And they're, they're performing in this like little restaurant thing. And she seems to have like some regulars who come and listen to her or who at least know her. The song that she chooses to, I don't what. It's Wicked Little Town. But this is right before I realized <laughs> the the timeline thing. Because uh, like, I was like, wait, why are you performing with Korean Army Wives? Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I don't understand what's happening. Like, are we still in a flash? Like, it didn't occur to me that we were still in a flashback at all at the time. I just assumed like, the, the picking up of the rent poster led to like the band breaking up and we were just not going to talk about it or something like that. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> not yet. Yeah, that too. Um, Wicked little town. Mm. I quite like the song. Yeah, it, it, it's a good song. It's it's one of my uh, it's one of the songs that I like. So in the crowd that is listening to her is Tommy, and when she's done, she like pats her face and throws in the towel, 
that has like her face print of her makeup on it Mm -hmm. um i guess for him to keep and tommy is shy and introverted and like he's like has like a strict christian upbringing where he plays guitar and so he doesn't know like that much and he asks her i think like they're in like his bedroom or something and he like starts to ask her like you know where where she's from and like all this stuff yeah and she tells him but clearly not everything mm-hmm. but she does teach him like a lot of like rock history and stuff teaches him a lot about music and like how to groom himself and all that stuff so you know uh there is that <laughs> and they start to perform together um and write music together she gives him the name Tommy Gnosis, Gnosis meaning knowledge in Greek. They seem to have like a successful partnership. Girls are like throwing themselves at Tommy, you know, starting to, I guess, because he's like a cool singing man. I don't know. He's still a, a teen in control, uh, under the control of his, his parents, I guess. Yeah. So one day he comes in to the trailer that she's living in and he's like super upset at something that his father did and she tries to calm him down and um, I think they start to like write a song together or something and she gives him um, that symbol that he has on his head like the cross the little cross thing and they start to like kiss and, and stuff and apparently up until this moment like they hadn't really kissed in the front which is I don't know what they were doing but you know, they start to like make out, yeah. and then Hedwig takes uh, Tommy's hand and puts it uh, down her dress, and he discovers, you know, like it's not all as it appears. Yeah, and so, like, I mean, like, fair to 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 Hedwig, like, you don't. I'm all for, like, you don't have to, like, tell everyone everything about you. But, like, I feel like her anger in the situation was a little misplaced towards Tommy. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no way he could have, sort of, he could have... Yeah. Like, known. And, like, that on top of, like, like, his reaction was more shock and like like uh sort of like what is like what's happening you know than anything else and i think hadwig's like knee-jerk reaction was like basically like oh fuck you you coward get out of here you old pious asshole maybe this is an experience hadwig's had over and over and over and we obviously haven't been privy to it but like whoa slow down Go back a couple steps. This is a seventeen-year-old yeah. child who knows nothing of nothing. But um, but also like yeah, no, don't have sex with him anyway. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Anyways, it's um. She kicks Tommy out, um, and then we're back in the present. Hedwig is like sketching like the two halves that aren't like complete 
again because it, it seems to be like what her mind's stuck on because there's this kind of phrasing that comes up where there tends to be a half that gets like the better end of the deal like are you the half that just like ran away with all of the good stuff and like left me here you know but they're in the apartment they're in new york um it's rough they're broke um i'm guessing they're not making a whole lot of money from these performances that they're doing and itzak comes in with a bob wig on his, <laughs> on his head and he's just like i got it and phyllis is like oh my God, you did so and much. it's beautiful <laughs> um and she tries to take the wig off but he dodges her hand and he's like no um i got the part i'm going i'm going on tour as angel i'm going to guam so f you hedwig um so sick of all your shit you know like laying into her and yeah. Hedwig has a hold of all of these people's passports the, the people that make up her band and it's Which, like, like I was like oh no man like <laughs> you're like I mean I guess you know we don't need perfect protagonists or whatever but like even mm -hmm. up to this point you've made a lot of decisions in which I was like this is questionable and then yeah. I was like you're also like keeping these people like in like basically enslaved to you like what but yeah Hedwig waves the passports and Yetzek is like I'm tired aren't you tired and basically tries to you know ease this tension in the situation a little bit of a ploy to get the passports back but it doesn't work because Hadwig then tears up the passport which like I feel like everybody has like a pretty strong reaction to it. everyone's like fuck um and obviously we see its ex spirit break just a little bit so now she's on her own so she ends up working the streets and on one night a limo comes by and in it is Tommy Gnosis and she gets in and for a little while they're sort of just like sitting there quietly he takes out a CD and like writes on the back of it and hands it to her and initially I thought he's like giving her an autograph like, same I was <laughs> like read the room <laughs> but he is actually like on the back of the disc where it lists lyrics and music. He was like inserting Hedwig's name, mm -hmm. like declaring that he knows that she should be listed there. We don't see their actual reconciliation, uh, but at some point they transition from the limo to an actual car where Hedwig is driving and they're like singing the origin of love together and it's like it wasn't past and they're enjoying themselves but then Hedwig notices that he says like the Cyrus instead of Osiris and Tommy mm. is just like no the Cyrus we had different versions of that song and Hedwig's like no there's no fucking god called the Cyrus you had this song and you, you fucked it up and Tommy's just like yeah, I know. I'm really sorry. He seems to like 
want to try and, and make amends uh, sure. for whatever reason. Maybe he just misses Hedwig as well. Or maybe he's just like lost for inspiration like without her because they seem to work well together. Mm. So, I don't know. But they start to like get a bit intimate and like Hedwig is distracted. I'm just like, why would you do that when you're driving a car? <laughs> um... You can't kiss someone when you're driving a car. <laughs> anyway, so she like turns away to kiss him and there's like a truck that drives past and they end up crashing and no one dies, you know, but yeah, they end up crashing and there's like photos taken, which is what Phyllis wanted in the first place. And suddenly it's like proof that, you know, what this, what this, woman was saying all the time is actually true and even though Tommy comes out of like the hospital and all the paparazzi are like what is your relationship to this this person he's like I didn't know anything about her I've never met her before that night and XYZ and she's like it sounds like you're lying which Mm. you are Um, (laughs) you're trying to cover your cover your butt Um, and like so so Judas to like deny her immediately mm-hmm. as well when y'all were just like trying to reconcile so like mm-hmm. there was nothing truly genuine about that probably that or it's just like shame of like potentially the circumstances shame as well, yeah of how they were caught and stuff Hedwig starts to gain in popularity now because more people are just like who is this person they claim to have written all of the songs and the next time that she enters into a bilge water it's packed it's full of people like the Mm -hmm. old band is there as well but Yitzhak is like dissociating in a corner just like really doesn't want to be there they're they're playing the intro and she she goes up on stage and I think this is the moment where she starts to like realize that she's gotten what she's wanted but she's like damaged people to get there and like what's that really worth at the end like the whole point is like trying to find your whole self but if you tear people down on the way towards you trying to achieve something then there's like no real winning like you also tear apart your own self as well still though she ends up singing um Hedwig's Lament and Exquisite Corpse are like the one song together but it's uh during this performance uh Yitzhak comes sings as well and we get flashed back and forth with Tommy singing on like an empty stage and we also have Hedwig in this room with him but Hedwig is the barest we've ever seen her. She's like back in her Hansel form, like short mm. black hair and like just bare. And I couldn't tell if this was meant to be like bare Hedwig or like Hansel reverted. I don't know what it was meant to be. But mm. Tommy is singing a Wicked Little Town reprise, um, talking about realizing 
how much was taken from Hedwig uh, at this moment and you know like saying that he's sorry as well and then after this like moment where they have this like face to face which is I guess not really face to face because uh, I don't think it actually happens in real mm-hmm. life then we cut back to Hedwig um, Hedrick now bears the, the cross mark that Tom, Tommy Nossus had on his forehead, perhaps implying that he um, has imparted uh, or, or that she now is now in possession of the knowledge that he had stolen from her. And mm. it is now closer to being whole because she doesn't look like Hedwig as we know her anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's meant to represent like an acceptance of like her past self and her present self and uh, something I don't know but also I don't think this is happening at all because mm-hmm. everyone is suddenly dressed in white and uh, they seem to be like waiting for her to like come back out of this like fugue state that she's been in and this is this is when midnight radio starts to happen during this she um picks up I think her wig from the floor and like hands it to Itzak who like takes it and is just looking at it and then prepares to like put it on top of Hedwig's head but Hedwig rebuffs him and twirls him around and then lets him go and like Mm. sends him off and Itzak is confused I guess Mm. but uh, then like putting on the wig and doing a swan dive is transformed I guess into the angel persona just like someone else has taken over the Hedwig form with with the power of the wig and she is carried off out of the Times Square Bilgewater mm-hmm. while, while Midnight Radio is still going na, 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 na. Here's to Betty. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And we can also see, like, there's a little animation moment of two halves trying to. So, Hedrick had a tattoo of, like, the two halves that were mentioned in her story of the origin of love on her Mm -hmm. hip. And we can see, like, these two halves are trying to, like, mesh and force themselves together and eventually they become a whole person face mm-hmm. and that is mirrored on Hedwig's tattoo on her hip as she walks naked down an alleyway <laughs> now yeah. whole I guess yeah. that that the movie ends yeah. <laughs> I gotta have a better way yeah. I'm scrapping it yeah, that's the movie. And that's the end of the movie. So now let's get mm-hmm. into our ratings with our standard rhetoric of five. Uh, starting with music and choreography. There wasn't really choreography to speak of. So it's it's more music. So I'm not that... I'm, I'm sure that there are some like really classic like rock influences that Hedrick draws um her songs from and like if we were aware of like each of possibly 
the the kinds of musicians that she was emulating you would see that reflected in the songs i am not up on classic rock so if there were references that other people might spot easily it would have gone over my head that being said i did enjoy um pretty much all of the songs uh like the ones where she was really intense. I even liked the ballads, which I never liked ballads mm-hmm. in in musicals. Like, because it, it it's often a it it's mostly full of musicals tend to be full of mid tempo songs, and then a ballad just kind of drags me down. But because a lot of these songs were high tempo, um, like harsh rock songs, then having the wicked little town ballad in there to slow things down actually was like a breath of fresh air so i i I appreciate that and i appreciate um stephen trask's stylistic choices so for for music i i'd say give it a four yeah four four things I'll give it four out of five stolen rent posters. Cool. I don't really have much to say. I like the songs. I also don't really know classic rock well enough at all, actually, um, to have any commentary linking back to that. Um, In terms of storytelling, like we've said before, these songs usually come after like they they're like introduced <laughs> by like a mini monologue and they sort of you know are loose like they they loosely sort of continue on that monologue so you know as a as musical numbers within a musical they still make sense as a musical but they're also they also work as standalone songs outside of the context of the musical and yeah, I like them. So I will give them four as well. Four stolen rent posters. Going into story. the I didn't have an issue following the story as presented most of the time. It's like, <laughs> I didn't have issue following the story asterisk. Um, <laughs> so, so it's when, when Hedwig is telling about the past and like we're going back and forth between the past and the present um and and it's not that difficult to follow like you said it's preface it's prefaced either by a song or a monologue or that's immediately explained after the fact so like we can clearly see um like what things she is drawing about in her life uh, what what themes in her life is the inspiration for the songs that she's written which makes it like even more of like a jagged knife in her I guess when Tommy just takes all of the songs that mm. she helped write because you can see like some of these songs are really personal to the yeah. things that she's experienced. And while he might have some um, experience of that, like with a Wicked Little Town, they're both in Junction City, it's a different life experience. 
uh, for her to draw those lyrics from. So, uh, like, I can see that. The asterisk comes in when she has, like, these fugue state moments where, like, the song is happening, but it's not really in real life. And we go between um, diegetic and non-diegetic, where it's happening in her mind, but in the past. And towards the end is where it gets really fuzzy. And it's like, is this happening at all? Like, this conversation, like, she was doing this performance in the Times Square Garden, uh to exquisite corpse but then she was in the room with tommy and then back in the garden but everyone's wearing white and it's just like this heavenly experience like are you alive are you dead like what's happening um is this you attaining some kind of oneness with the spirit body and we're meant to like get the the implication that you ascended um now that you are a complete being like i don't i like maybe it's just me and i'm trying to read too much into it um but for something that was no but for like a story which is meant to be comedy so it's not like that grounded in reality to begin with um but still pretty like easy for me to follow for it to then just kind of like veer off a little bit towards the end like I'm still I don't know what it means and because it's a comedy I don't know how much I meant to read into it um so I would say like the end is only is the the only like confusing bit of story for me the rest I can I can follow easily um so for that I will give it uh and uh f- another four four feels good um so four out of five gummy bears cool um like i said before i was a little bit confused about the chronology mm. of things but that's mostly because like like i can be a little bit like airheaded sometimes i guess (laughs) like sometimes it can be like what's happening you know um so like i i don't know whether or not that's me being me or me just like not or like not enough information was made completely clear but it's fine whatever i feel like most people were able to make it through and i did eventually so it's fine um and i also agree with like the end kind of just goes into a very different place from where most of the movie is because for most of the movie even like what you say like um while we do have like some not necessarily like grounded in reality moments they're still mostly kind of grounded in reality in a way that like i'm able to like make out what's going on like I'm able to sort of like separate like yeah it's a musical number whatever but like the end because it's the end and it's like the last few sequence like the last few sequences we're getting to see 
and none of it gets explained really it just sort of happens and like all of it is like it could all be a dream or a fantasy at that point and mm -hmm. we won't know um so yeah there is that bit that's a little confusing um overall though uh still made sense uh as a story i think hedwig as a protagonist up and down you know like they're they're mo i'm like i am there for you and then you'd like and then you do some things and i'm like girl <laughs> you are testing me um particularly the the passport thing is like and like obviously <laughs> the having like trying to have sex with a minor thing is also like really you know but like the passport thing really like threw me through a loop because like i was like very, i don't know why but that was like so th that moment like really like shook me <laughs> and i was like really like could i don't know anyways so but like outside of that um story-wise yeah good time um I'm gonna give it, I'll give it a 3.75, 3.75 gummy bears. And overall enjoyment, I, so like, overall oh. the movie isn't bad, like I can see why it has like a bit of a cult following as hmm. most of these films that don't do well at the box office tend to do. Um, yeah. At the same time, some of the jokes that they make make me <laughs> so uncomfortable. Uh, it's just difficult. It kind of like takes me out of the moment because my brain just thinks too much about some stuff. And I'm just like, I wish that you had done something different at this time. Um, mm. and And maybe it's down to like who's writing these kinds of uh, films and, and, and musicals and stuff. Um, yeah. But it's it's written and it's filmed and it's out there. But like I don't think like a lot of these jokes will stand the test of time. Um, so... I mean it and it is like I guess rewatchable but I don't I don't think it's for me that's not to say that it's not um a decent movie I just don't think like I would like make it like a staple that I have to because you know like Rocky Horror classic like sure. even it has some like jokes that don't carry if it was made in the 80s or whatever um but, like, I don't think, like, Hedwig is going to be, like, one of those films for me. It might be for someone else. Um, that being said, I will give it, like, a 3.5 for overall enjoyment. Yes. 3.5. Fix. Cool. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't really have much 
else to say really but i enjoyed it not to any i don't know i, I no other thoughts <laughs> so 3.75 <laughs> wigs <laughs> um yeah 3.75 wigs okay mm, this is this coming from the top of my dome time for obsessions Musical theater, <laughs> news and things that we like. I have nothing else to say because I kind of don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Again, coming from the top of my dome. Um, uh, this is a part of um, the podcast where we talk about things that happened in uh, news of the theater world and things that are adjacent and or related um, in some way, shape, or form. And of course, like, this is like, <laughs> this is like centuries after the Tonys have happened. However, still the Tonys happened after our previous episodes. So like we couldn't obviously, we, we weren't, you know, we couldn't predict what was gonna happen. Um, so I'm just going to say that we, like congrats obviously to a strange loop for getting best for like winning for best musical that's awesome um, as well as company for best revival go off um, the Lehman trilogy for best play as well as take me out for best revival of a play so that's cool love that for everybody um and i saw ariana debose's like whole thing i like that but we all know that i like her so obviously that is something i would like speaking of howard ho actually has a video on youtube called every musical easter egg of 2022's tony awards opener so I think that's also a pretty good resource. If you're going to go watch Ariana DeBose's thing, go watch that as like a little bit of a supplementary thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, and that's also part of my obsessions, I guess. As well as Bernadette Peter singing Children Will Listen, because that is something I will always like. Do you have Tony's things? In terms of the Tony's. Oh, in terms of the Tony's. Um, not really. Uh... I mean, the, the most the Tonys did was introduce me to, as it often does, musicals that I haven't heard about, one of which was Paradise Square, uh, which is a story that is illustrating um, the lives of um, uh, white Irish and black Americans in the mid-1800s during the Civil War in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, um, the, what is her name from that? Uh, she won, uh, Joaquina Kalukango won Best Actress in a Musical from, from that. And you can listen to her sing Let It Burn. Uh, on YouTube. On YouTube. 
love that. Mm -hmm. Non-Tony things, I have two, three things to say. Uh, first thing is that uh, the Devil Wears Prada musical has now been fully cast, or at least the cast has been fully announced. The performances for Chicago, that is. That will be happening between July 19th and August 21st. Uh, second thing is uh, Joshua Henry and Gavin Creel did like a little, a cute little mashup of um, Stay With Me from Into the Woods and Stay With Me by Sam Smith. And it sounds really good and I really liked it. So that's a fun little thing. Um, I lied when I said I have three things, I have four. So <laughs> <laughs> the third thing is uh, Wait in the Wings has a video on the as the Bechdel test, excuse me, on Fun House, <laughs> on Fun Home, um, and sort of, yeah, it's called The Daring Journey of Fun Home on Broadway. So they have uh, a little documentary on that on YouTube, again, will be linked. And finally, okay, <laughs> so I think you can dance this back, and there is a, la last week? I don't know the first the first live performances they did a there was a broadway performance a broadway uh category dance performance uh done by uh anna miller and Bo harman choreographed by al blackstone but the thing i wanted to say is Bo harman i'm obsessed with you um <laughs> as if you're listening uh but like he his audition was so fun like both this performance as well they they did dancing in the dark sung by frank sinatra it was really good um but like the uh, like his audition was so good it was also like um like broadway type choreography very very character heavy like it was so good um and I haven't watched the most recent episode, so I hope he is still on there. Um, so I'll be rooting for him. And that those are the those are the things. Those are all of the things from me. I got nothing. So hello, 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 well. <laughs> well, um, that then brings us to the end of the episode. You can get all of our obsessions on our tumblr tell me more tell me more podcast.tumblr.com we also have an instagram and a twitter at tmm tmm podcast we have an email tell me more tell me more podcast at gmail.com we have playlists of the songs that we like from all of the movies that we cover a playlist for each year that the podcast has existed if you go on to spotify and you go to tmm tmm podcast and you go to the profile and not the podcast itself you will find all of those playlists um they are also linked in like all of the obsessions posts by the way so like in case that's like something you're like ah oh, too heady you can sort of find them there and i'm also like somewhat certain they're also in the link in our descriptions 
in our Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, so yeah, that is everything. Thank you for joining us throughout Pride Month and hope to see you next month. July is going to be a fun month. <laughs> it's going to be a fun month. We are heading all the way to Bollywood. We're going to have a fun Bollywood time. Um, so yeah, get excited for that. Uh, and for Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast, I have been your host, Leah. And I've been your host, Adicia. Goodbye. Bye.